Aeon. And I'm the Lioness. And you're listening to Box Number 512 Podcast. Grown Black Trans Woman Talk. Changing your world one conversation at a time. The show begins now. If you would like to see this episode along with other exclusive content, make sure you become a patron by going to our Box Number 512 podcast Patreon page where you can become a patron for as little as $5 a month. The link to the page is in the show notes for the show. So make sure you go on over there if you would like to see the episode in addition to listening to it. All right, y'all. Back to the show. Hey, y'all. Welcome to another installment of Box Number Five. So, podcast, grown black trans woman talk. I am your co-host Aeon, and I'm the lioness. How y'all feeling? So, let's get into updates. We took a little week off. We hope you enjoyed the episode talking about the meaning of Mariah. It was a very fun episode for us to record over the summer. We definitely had to take a break. What have I been up to? Still trying to get adjusted to my job. I have a lot of research projects I'm working on that have been overwhelming. Got a couple of filings coming up. So just trying to get through that. I've kind of fallen off with my exercise routine. So originally, I was trying to switch up my exercise routine. Instead of doing the workouts like I've been doing the past couple of months, I really want to get into yoga. Only because I just, I'm not, I'm somebody, I'm not as flexible as I want to be. Right. And I like how yoga, you, I like, one, I like how hot and sweaty I am after a session, but I like the idea of me becoming like more flexible in my body in different positions. I kind of fell off in September only because I was doing a lot of running around and winding stuff down with my job. And in September, most um, three of the weekends out of the month, I was out of town. I was either back in Baltimore handling stuff for family, and then I was in Dallas for Labor Day. So it kind of threw off my workout routine. And then with me starting this new job, it's kind of been a challenge for me to just get back into the rhythm of that, especially with doing this new yoga journey or whatever it's looking like. But I'm just giving myself permission to not be so hard on myself if I miss a couple of days and just to try to fit stuff in where I can because, like I said, I do want to be more flexible in my body and I do want to develop a yoga routine. So I'm on that journey. I have a couple of trips planned coming up. Um, I'm going to Texas for a private project, which I'm really excited about. Hopefully I can give more details of the later date. Like I said, on the last time we recorded, I'm going to I'm going to Las Vegas. One of my uncle, me and my mom are going together. One of my old uncles, he's actually turning seventy. So I say he, I think I say he was turning sixty or sixty-five, but he's actually turning seventy years old. So going there with my mom. I just booked a trip to Atlanta in December because we got some different um, things that we're trying to do for the podcast. So we definitely have some stuff in the works. So I'll be down there in Atlanta. I'm also going to New York for my birthday. I just got tickets to go 
to this play, Confessions of a Colored Man. So I'm really excited about doing that. I'm getting the Airbnb. Uh, just to have a different experience. Usually I get a hotel when I go to New York, but I just want to, I want the Airbnb experience just so I can be in different neighborhoods. But I'm just, I'm just trying to prepare for the future and just trying to have fun. I know at this happen next year, me and my cousin want to do like an international trip. So we're planning for that. But I, honey, I'm just looking forward to having fun, being financially free, paying off these credit cards, uh, dating has been a, before I turn it over to you sis, couple of announcements one for the, for the trans attracted slash trans amorous men stop pursuing pre-op uh, pre or non-op trans women and you don't like so much bird like, like, just, like let's stop let's stop wasting everybody's time like if you, if you know you don't want to do it stop wasting our time that's one. And two, like the hardest thing I'm finding about dating men is like, I don't want to meet your representative. Like I want to get to know you. I want to get a sense of the real you. And it is so hard. The more I come across men and they're so performative and their masculinity. And then when I, when I tell them that I'm not feeling them or it doesn't feel authentic, just the way, the ways in which they react to me in very nasty ways. So like, they end up interacting with these men and trying to really get to the heart of what they really mean, what they say. This has been hard, but all I can do is just open myself up to ex the experience, not take it personal, and just when it's time for me to connect with the right person, I'll connect with the right person, but I'm, I'm just not here. Like I said, I don't want to meet your representative. I want to meet you. I want to experience you. You don't have to love bomb me to get my attention. You don't have to try to make yourself like you seem so woke to get my attention. You don't have to just be yourself and give me the option to, to decide if I want to engage with the real you. But a lot of y'all are not going to do that. And it's fine. But God bless me with the spirit of discernment. And with that, I will turn it over to you, sis. How are you doing? What are your updates? Oh, wow, wow, wow. So that's a big act to follow, girl. You um you gave them you get you gave a, a great sharing there, particularly the part about your um your your dating and these these men and the tangled webs they weave. <laughs> but um no, so my my week has been very, very good. This has been a very, very good week for me business-wise. Um, I've been able to get a couple of new consultant con consultancies going, and that feels really, really good. That um, you know, I'm able to do my thug fizzle behind the scenes in the middle of this COVID pandemic. Um, also, I've been able to I was accepted into another cohort. Details to be released later. I don't want to go into the specifics now, but that's exciting. Um, you know, there's also been some some granted some grant opportunities that have come out that have been coming up that I've been been looking at, and I'm just excited. I'm excited about the future and what it has to hold. Um, in this last week, I can't remember if we've done another podcast since I've come back from Florida, but um, we went to Florida to check on my mother-in-law this last week, and also just to go and have some family time, some family bonding time. It was actually wonderful. I enjoyed myself immensely with family. Of course, you know, family is family. But I will say that I think that 
everybody is, we did their best to try to make it a wonderful experience. And when, particularly for me going to see my in-laws, you know, whether, even though it's, it's been, it's been pretty good for quite a while now, you know, there's still those those triggering memories. So um, I'm glad to know that it went extremely exceptionally well. Um, I would like to give a shout out to my sister Toya. I've been enjoying you lately, girl. That's all I'm gonna say. Um, um, I also want to acknowledge her name is um, I think it's Taja Khan. I want if I'm saying that correctly. She is a trans activist and warrior, um, national trans activist and warrior that has passed away. And um, the circumstances have not been been discussed, but I wanted to speak her name in this moment because it is reverberating here in the Atlanta community in particular. Um, I don't know the specifics on where she is actually from, but I know that she has been an, an advocate here for a while and she's made her presence felt. And so um, her loss will be something that we will feel that in community. And I just wanted to take that moment to speak her name. Also in just current events in my life, I wanna go on, I was just thinking, so as you were talking about, you know, your travels and things, I wanna go on a trip somewhere, but I don't know where I wanna go. So I was looking up flights today on the computer and I've been just trying to figure out what it's gonna look like, but I just, I, I'm feeling stir crazy. And I don't know if this is the best time. I don't know if, will there ever be a good time in the in place that we're in now? I don't know, but I don't know. I'm just feeling like travel. So y'all stay tuned. The lioness is trying to be on the moon. So we'll see what we see. I'm ready to get into this episode, girl. This is going to be juicy. So y'all know, before we get into our main topic, gotta do some housekeeping. Please be sure, if you're if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, to rate this five stars and give us a review. We really appreciate it, and it helps other people to find our podcast. Also, announcement time. So we will be doing videos for exclusively for our Patreon. We're going to be doing episode reviews of Chase on Realities, Just Lauren. Unofficial, this is just us, but we kind of feel like because this is a trans story and I can already tell that this is going, this is, the episodes are probably going to require a deep dive with a Black trans feminine perspective to really unpack everything it'll be an opportunity to share our stories so if you're not now please make sure you go on over to our patreon page the show links the the link to our patreon page will be in the show notes for our show so you can go and become a, a top tier patreon so that when we release the episodes towards the end of this month that you all will be able to follow follow with us and get access to those exclusive videos that are only for our Patreon. So we're, like I said, we're trying to think of new content to, cre uh, to create for our Patreon. We kind of took a, a break from that because we were doing a lot of stuff this summer, but be on the lookout for our Just Lauren reviews. And I don't think, I don't think we have any other, no other announcements. Just make sure y'all are sharing our podcast and talking about our podcast. And like I said, we have a lot of stuff that we're planning. Y'all will just see it when it's time to see.
now. Turning over to our topic for today, we are very blessed to be joined by a special guest. Uh, I see big things for this lady. I'm honored to know her. To know her, I'm so happy that when I asked her to come on the show, she made time in her very, very, very busy schedule to come down to the Box Number Five Soul podcast to sit down and speak with us and really talk about her journey and the different things that she's working on for the future. So without further ado, Mariah Moore, come on down, girl. Let's have this conversation. Welcome. The lady herself is in the building. It's so (laughs) exciting to have you here. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. So I, I guess just to start this, Hold on, before we start this off, just so I can set the tone, I know I know we are all professional women on this call and we can be very stush on this call, but we about to have a down home sister girl call. I went to New Orleans in May of this year and I just have to give a shout out to Miss Mariah Moore because she, she treated me like you're supposed to treat somebody when they come to your town. She, like, we had a good time. Like, she made the last two days of my, and it was totally unexpected because I thought I was going to calm down. And you know me, I'm very like, well, I'm going to plan this out and I'm going to have this day. And I did plan to have dinner with you and we were going to get together and get something to eat. But we hit, me and my sister Paige went out to the club and then we bumped into you at one of the clubs. And all I know is we just, we hopped from place to place to place. You showed me your New Orleans, which is what I live for when I go to other people's cities. Like, I want to see the city from your point of view. And the highlight of my trip was eating fried catfish outside the club at four in the morning with all of the queens and the butch. Like, I felt like I was one of the girls, even though I wasn't from down there. So I just, and then the next day we went out to eat and you showed me everything. So I just want to give you your props for that's how you do it when somebody comes to your town and you and like you treated me like you you know me forever and you know I felt I felt comfortable I felt like I was at home and I I'm just thank thank you so much for that girl that that was that was like one of the highlights of my year getting to meet you and just being able to be in New Orleans and and experience the city so I just want to say thank you for that girl I really like you are like you are really like you, you know how sometimes you meet the girls with like a platform and you really can't get into like the soul of like, I felt that from you from the, the first minute and you don't feel that with a lot of girls. So I say thank you for that. But t- tell us who you are, where are you from? I already said it. And a little bit about what you do just to um, introduce the audience to you. Oh, wow. Yeah. So Mariah Moore, um, I'm from New Orleans. Uh, I am uh, one of the co-founders and executive directors of House of Tulip. Uh, I am also uh, a senior national organizer at Transgender Law Center, Um, also a political candidate for New Orleans City Council, District D here in New Orleans. Uh, Election is November 13th. Um, Also, you know, before any of that, grassroots organizer here in the city. Um, And before that, I was just one of the girls, honey, uh, sex working my way to the top. Yeah. Oh, go ahead, sis. 
No, no, no. I was going to say yes, 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 yes. I have, I've, I've, um, we've been in some spaces for quite a while. And so you have really, really been a wonderful advocate for community. And one of the things I, one of the questions I like to ask people that have committed their heart to service is, is who raised you? Who gave you that inspiration to be the woman that you are today? This woman that could have taken her advantages in life and, and, and still made a contribution to the world, still made a difference, but not necessarily in this community. You know, that's not something that is very common in our, in our day and time that a lot of girls will bring their energy back to the, the place that nurtured them. So I would love to know a little bit about your background. Yeah, I know. So um, um, I come from a decent family. Uh, however, uh, like many of our families, they, we go through struggles. Um, some of those struggles involved me being placed in foster care from the age of 12 to 17. Uh, and then I was released from foster care uh, prematurely, meaning I didn't age out of foster care. I was released is typically a lot of times that's what's what happens to youth. They are released, uh, especially in states that uh, consider you an adult at 17, even 16 in some cases. Uh, and so I was released and then, you know, I've been on my own ever since, but, you know, our community, trans black trans women raised me. Um, you know, they, you know, that was my first example of love. Um, they saw me before I saw myself. Um, and help guide me through, uh, through this very violent, uncertain uh, life, right? Uh, and so, you know, the way and the reason why I decided to give my life uh, or devote my life to service is because it wasn't until I lost my life that I realized what my purpose was, right, until I almost lost my life. Uh, involved in uh, survival sex work, right? Trying to keep a roof over my head, trying to keep food in my stomach, trying to keep clothes on my back, right? Um, you know, and I and I was, you know, I came face to face with death, right? Uh, and and after that, I said, you know what? No more, right? I think that there is more, and we can create uh, opportunities, right? And it is our duty, you know, as grown women, uh, as women who are aging so beautifully and gracefully, it is our duty to do the work to ensure that, you know, we make it to those golden years and that, uh, you know, the, the our generations that are coming after us don't have to experience what we experience, right? We've heard some of the horror stories from the 60s and 70s and 80s, right? And, you know, it does get better, but it's still not good enough, right? Uh, and so for me, it's about creating and, and showing up in the world uh, and representing us in the very best way to to create safe spaces. That was dope, sister. That was dope. <laughs> that was awesome to hear. So yes, I, I love so much of what you said. Um, I want to have a brief follow up question before I turn you back over to Brianna. Um, I believe in the adage to whom much is given, much is required, and I see that you do as well. And you talked about how there were women in your community that poured into you and you talked about the love and the nurturing. Do you feel, this is just in your honest opinion as a leader or someone that is doing the work now, do you feel that this younger generation has access 
to that kind of love that we experienced from that previous generation? If so, um, that's fine. But if not, what do you think needs to happen for that to happen? Because I feel, this is my opinion, I probably shouldn't give my opinion in advance, but if I feel that there is a lack there, what do you think? I think there is, but I think that there is uh, a disconnect. I think that we have gotten to a space where uh, we, when gender identity, right, our transness used to be one or two things, right? It was either you were or you weren't. Okay. Get into it. That's what you're talking real now. We've gotten to a place where, you know, gender is fluid and, and self expression is real and it's beautiful and it's a beautiful thing. But I think for a lot of us, right? Um, and, and even for the youngest of the last of our generation, right? There, we're still in a place where we have never forgotten what it once was like not that long ago. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, you know, we try and I try to connect with uh, the youth of this time of these generations that are coming up, but it's very hard because, you know, every day it's changing. Every day it's changing. Uh, and I've never been in that space where I'm constantly changing. And, and you know, I've, on, I've always only been a woman. And so I've never been non-binary. I've never, I've never identified as such. And so not saying that, you know, I can't pour into someone who is non-binary or who says, you know, I don't, I don't want to be labeled a trans woman. I call me a femme. That's fine. But there is a wall up there that I've experienced from our younger generations that kind of resent the binary parts of us. And, and they resent the, our, our desire to, to complete and to be whole, what we deem to be whole and complete. Um, and they see that as violence and, you know, and that's okay. Cause I understand that everybody has those experiences, uh, and they're, they're the things that they see as violence and trauma are real, but when you refuse to let someone be a part of your life, right. To say, Hey, from my experience, hopefully you can grow and do something different that I didn't have the opportunity to do. We don't ever get to those conversations because the first thing they say is because you are who you are and you say this is who you are we cannot have a conversation right 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 and i think that's a very nuanced answer that you gave there um i do feel i do feel that there's something to be said about making sure that in our in our in our ability um to have a voice now and in our in our community as we become radicalized and as we tear down stereotypes and as we tear down gender norms and all of these other things that we do acknowledge that there are members of our community that do have a specific gender identity that is binary mm-hmm. and that is not an invalidated experience and the uh, the the notion that there are people in our community that would say abolish gender or um you know or or throw it all out is confused it's it, it 
completely erases our experience. And I, I actually have mentioned that in um, one of the groups that I was in, they were talking about, we need to abolish gender. And I was like, don't all lives matter my experience. Like there is a unique specific experience that is um, the experience of being a woman. And there's and 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 that isn't that doesn't that doesn't invalidate any other ways that it shows up in the world. It doesn't invalidate any other genders or experiences, but it is a thing. And I completely agree with you on that. Right. We need to make you sure know, in the spectrum we don't get lost in our in the individual identities that make up the spectrum. I had a very interesting conversation with a young person that was actually saying the same thing, and I said, "Well, look, hey, why instead of saying abolish gender and you know, you know, there's no such thing as a man and there's no such thing as a woman and all of these things. Why don't you say, you know, we need to come up with ways that, you know, people who feel the way that I feel, how can we free ourselves from these chains, right? Mm -hmm. How can we show up in the world uh, where we feel validated and affirmed, right? While also honoring your existence and, and your life and, and in your journey, right? Uh, and so, you know, I think when it was framed that way, they kind of understood, but also it's just like, if it weren't for us, if it weren't for those who came before us, right, and those who came before them, there were, we wouldn't be in a place where you could even begin to verbalize what it means to break the chains of, 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 the, of gender, what it means to right. abolish a system, what it means to to be able to have an X on your gender marker. And so it's like, honor that work, right? Honor honor those pioneers, right? The ones who laid their lives down for you, who, guess what, in, in their heart of hearts, want you to be able to be free, right? Want you to be able to say, you know what? These are my pronouns and this is how I identify. And I am not of this, but I am a part of this. And I think that what our young folks have to understand is that you know, you are a part of this. You don't have to be of this, right? You don't have to be a trans woman. You don't have to be a trans man, but you have to understand that you are still a part of all of this, mm -hmm. right? And you have a responsibility to keep us safe as well. Because mm -hmm. when you say certain things and we throw out certain ideologies, it creates an unsafe space. It, it, it creates- The parts are just as important as the whole. Right. And so, you know, we we have we all have a part to play and a responsibility to use our platforms responsibly, to message properly, and to have responsible conversations. Yes, yes. Brianna. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna take it back. So you introduce by saying you introduce yourself by saying that you founded the House of Tula. Can you tell our audience a little bit more about um, the House of Tulip, what exactly that organization does and why you founded it, and just talk about some of the success that you've had within the last year. Yeah, so me and my beautiful sister Milan, Nicole Sherry. Um, my niece. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we're both from that same kind of uh, era, right? Mm -hmm. um, and we are, you know, before we were in spaces together, right? Taking it back to the streets and stuff, we never really uh, had a relationship, right? You know, we were different types of folks. We we, we were into different things, you know, um, but we never had an issue, right? We just, 
a lot of trans women, a lot of folks in our community, we don't have, a, we never have a chance for our paths to truly cross and to truly mm -hmm. connect, right? And to truly get to know one another uh, other than the occasional wave and keep it pushing. And so that's where we always were, right? It was that she cool or whatever, but mm -hmm. I, I'm getting it. Uh, and so we were able to be in spaces together and we really uh, started to really notice like, we really wanted similar things for our community. And we, we, uh, we were a lot more alike than we, than we, we knew. Uh, and so, you know, during when the pandemic first hit and the uprising with George Floyd was happening, uh, you know, Milan actually brought me into a project uh, to help raise money and to help administer money for COVID relief. And we worked so well together with that. Uh, and we're able to help so many people. And, you know, from that, we used to just stay on the phone every morning for like hours, like just really talking about like a beautiful, like the beautiful visions that we had uh, for work that we could do. And like, you know, one day I was just like, girl, look, why don't we just like do it? Like, you know, so we drew out our plans and really just was, you know, came up with, you know, a concept of what it was we wanted to do. And we brought in other leaders to help support that vision. Uh, and that's how House of Tulip was, uh, came to be. And then, you know, I, I held down like the marketing piece around like getting the engagement on social media and getting the momentum going, uh, you know, and, and House of Tulip was birthed from that. And it was birthed from mutual aid, from COVID relief, really. Uh, and so House of Tulip is an organization that provides housing to transgender nonconforming uh, folks right here in New Orleans. But really Louisiana. Uh, and so, but we are based in New Orleans. Uh, we have two beautiful properties. Uh, we have an office space that provides a clothing closet that provides computer lab, a hygiene closet. We have a social worker on site. We have two remote uh, therapists. Uh, and so there are so many resources that we are able to offer. The most, the beautiful thing about House of Tulip is that it is uh, led by two Black trans women that are, you know, are directly or have been directly affected by the disparities uh, in the population that we serve. And so, you know, folks feel a lot more comfortable to come to us because they know that it'll be a safe space, uh, especially because it's led by uh, trans people for trans people. Um, and so, yeah, so House of, that's what House of Tulip is and that's what we do. Um, and we are working every day to expand those services. Uh, Brianna, you uh, visited, uh, so you know uh, you. Oh, I was yeah, I was going to talk about it. So when I came to New Orleans, the second day we hung out, you took me to both of the properties, and I they are fed. I was like, can I move into the properties? Because it looked like it really, like when you think of like it's not just like. Um, a homeless shelter and no shade for homeless shelters because they serve your they serve a purpose but like you can tell that a lot of care and a lot of thought went into curating um, these spaces for um, trans and gender non-conforming folks like it really feels like um, home it's it's nice things in there it's quality um, things in there and we all know that usually we don't get the best of the best we don't so just to see that a place was created like that with us in mind. Like I was like, can I move in? Like, can I can I break my lease and move in there and there? But no, it, it like the like, and I think it because because it's created for us by us. 
you know, the atten- those attentions to details uh, matter. So. Exactly. Um, I want to pivot the conversation a little deeper. And I like to ask this question of folk because I do feel like it helps see, it helps you define your narrative and it really helps people to get to understand more about who you are as a person because I believe we are all, we are the sum of all of our experiences. So my question for you is, what is your greatest, what was your greatest obstacle that you've ever had to overcome? Oh, wow. Hmm. Um, hmm. Well, for me, uh, learning how to walk again uh, after my um, accident with uh, involving um, a gentleman who was trying to rob me, uh, you know, as I was working on the road, um, having to jump from the third story of a building to, um, to survive, to live, because uh, I was not ready to die. Um, and I had just gotten my implants. <laughs> so, okay, uh, bitch had new bags. We gotta. We're gonna survive. I'm like, you know, and this is, this is, uh, this is, right. So, this is like 2013. I'm like, Girl, you just worked your ass off. You just got off the table. Girl, I'm not ready to go. And I'm not giving up my coin either. <laughs> yes. <laughs> to the very end, you was you were pulling out of my cold dead. <laughs> yes, man. I mean, it was either either you were gonna die here on the floor or you you were gonna jump and make it or you're gonna jump and die. And so in that moment, I said, you know what, if it's, if it is, it, it is. And I jumped and I made it, but with two broken, two, two totally crushed knees, broken legs. Uh, so learning how to walk again. And in that moment, in that moment, not having anyone being in a state where I didn't know anybody and having no support, Right. And then calling my biological sister, which I had never called anybody in my family for any type of help, but calling her and asking her, would she be willing to care for me while I healed and her telling me no. Mm. Right. And still, even in that moment, and excuse my language, being the bad bitch that I was still able to make it happen for myself. Amen. And so being able to walk, to learn how to walk again. And I still feel the pains of that experience. Every morning when I wake up, you know, I have pain. You know, I, you know, I, I, I struggle to wear the heels, my heels that I love, you know. Now I'm, I'm pretty much a flat girl, you know. Um, you know, the reality that I can't stretch 
my legs a certain way or else Charlie horses will take me down, right? And so learning how to walk again um, and just really having a, a, a different perspective when it comes to folks who are navigating or in living uh, who are differently abled, um, you know, cause it was a humbling experience not being able to clean yourself and not being able to, you know, take a shower on your own, you know, and having to have someone who you didn't know come in and, and, and clean the most intimate parts of you, parts of you that you aren't even comfortable with. Oh, right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I used to cry, right? Like, and I had, and let me tell you something about black women because the CNA who was at the hospital, who was, who cared for me the entire time I was there, she was this elderly black woman. And when I tell you, she was the sweetest, most affirming woman I have ever met in my life. Mm. She saw me for me. She respected me. And when she washed my body, she used to talk to me in a way that it, that she made me feel at ease. And she always used to say, I'm not judging you. I think you're a beautiful person and you are who you are and you can't change that. And no matter, you know, and I know that this is uncomfortable for you, but I just want you to know that I respect you. And I just still, I mean, I just cried, you know, because it was just like, wow, I could have been in such worse conditions, but still here I am and have something to be grateful for. Amen. Amen. I want to follow that question up with this one. And this, I always use this one as the palate cleanser because usually when people talk about their biggest obstacles. So now I want you to talk about your joy. What is it in life right now for the Mariah Moore that gives her joy? When you, it maybe it's something in your past or your present or your future, but what brings you joy right now when you think about it? I mean, just, just being able to help people, like just being able to, like, even if I have to get out of my bed at three in the morning and just knowing that I have the power and the resources to help people, you know, that, that's what it's about for me. That brings me joy because uh, I could still be in a place of despair and need and in and, and survival mode. And I'm grateful that I don't, I'm not in that place anymore and that I am, I have the great responsibility, but, you know, but the great joy of improving the quality of life for my community here in New Orleans. And every time, you know, one of my community members comes up to me and hugs me and thanks me. And, you know, you know, they, they show their gratitude, not that they have to, because I'm not looking for a thank you. Um, but every time I see them win, every time I see one of my girls come back and say, I got a job today. That, that, that brings me joy. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Um, so, so now I want to pivot to this new chapter in your life. Um, like you said before, you are running for city council in New Orleans, in New Orleans, and, which is a, a very, very, very big deal. Now we're now we're at a time where we're seeing a lot of um, trans folks uh, take office, take public office. Like we had 
um, Andrea Jenkins, um, who was elected to city council in Minneapolis. And I can't forget, um, it was a Black trans man who was also elected. Yes, yes, Philippe Cunningham. Also, we had um, Sarah McBride. Sarah McBride, I believe her name is, became a, uh, elected to um, the state legislator. Ooh, excuse me, state legislature in Delaware. Um, I also know of a, um, a Latinx trans woman, Deja Lynn Alvarez. She's running for um, state legislature in Pennsylvania. So I. Why, why city, why city council? Like, why now? Like, what, what inspired you to take this step? Because it's a, it's a very big step to become like a public, a public figure um, in this way, especially at this particular time. So, what inspired this? I mean, I felt like, I feel like, I have an obligation to continue to change the trajectory of local society here because we've accomplished so much within our world of activism, right? We've been able to expand resources to a point where it's now time to create that uh, on a different level. Uh, and so it's also time to show people that we can create tables that you need to be invited to, right? But now it's time for me to sit at a table where decisions are being made uh, that directly impact our lives here on the ground. Uh, and so I felt like I had hit a glass ceiling with, uh, within my leadership at House of Tula because if you think about it, once you have number one marched as an activist, then you have been employed by an organization and then you create your own organization and then you employ other people what's next right either you go off and you do something else you retire uh, but for me that means continuing my career because i'm still pretty young i'm 33 years old and beautiful as are you thank you and sister brianna but for me, it's like, I've always been uh, involved politically, right? Uh, and so what I had to ask myself is, you know, if I don't do it, even if I'm not successful, it's still my duty to open the door, right? And so I've done that, right? Uh, I've gained uh, uh, endorsements. I have, you know, I come in the top three of every political candidate form that we have, if not number one out of 12 candidates, you know, and there's really not a candidate that's running that can really uh, stand beside me when we're talking about the issues. Uh, and that the reason that is, is because I've lived every single thing that we're discussing. We're discussing housing insecurity. We're discussing job in, insecurity and discrimination. We're, we're discussing the lack of economic opportunities. We're talking about infrastructure and affordable housing, right? We're talking about how to balance the budget to create opportunities for folks who are spending 20% of their income on public utilities and services. And so for me, that's not something that I have to deeply research and recite. Right. Because it's within me. It's within my lived experience. I can tell you about a time when I had to choose between putting food on the table and putting 
uh, bus fare in the fare box, right? I can tell you about a time where I knew that I was a good fit for a minimum wage paying job, but they discriminated against me and I can't even prove it. Mm. And so for me, it's personal, but it's also because I don't want to see people continue to have to face these types of things. And I know that, you know, if elected, I'm not going to be able to come in and totally reverse everything. And we're not going to go live in the land of milk and honey. Right. There are some changes that can be made. Mm-hmm. I want to say, I just got emotional hearing you talk because, you know, there have been like, there have been other candidates that I can say that have been trans and black and beautiful that have run for office, but it is powerful to hear a woman be so articulate about her passion, about your commitment to the cause and how it relates to you, the individual about infrastructure and the need and, and you being able to speak from real world first person experience about your life. And I just find that just so admirable and so powerful. And I just think it's amazing. So really fast while we're on this topic, if I were right now listening and I wanted to know how can I support that Mariah Moore, where would I need to go? Oh yeah. So my, you, I'm on social media, uh, Mariah Moore, uh, Mariah Moore for uh, city council or I'm sorry, more for District D on Instagram, Twitter, and Mariah Moore for City Council on Facebook. Um, and then my website, MariahMoreForNola.com. And so that's how you can support uh, there. We're not done at all. I just wanted to give that plug yeah. while we were talking about the politics, because girl, you 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 are an excellent speaker, and I am just very proud of you rising into leadership. And I and I feel like as a woman of color myself, it is just it, it is amazing to just to see one of my sisters shine. And I and I see you, and I thank you thank for sure. And all and all of that information will be listed um, in our short show notes along with information for how to get the absentee ballot in New Orleans so y'all can vote early. I know I just voted early in Virginia because all of that stuff is important and all of that stuff counts. Uh, I want to I wanna say, because something we talk about here on this podcast is encouraging whoever is listening to our podcast to, like, if you want to do something, if you want to be in the number to get out there and get involved. So what advice do you have for folks, especially Black and trans folks that want to get involved in politics but are scared or don't know if there's a place for them or don't know how they're going to be received because they are Black and trans. Like, what is some advice you have? What are some things that you had that, that you did? What are some internal things that you had to overcome personally to get to the point where you're on this public platform? Well, I first started with um, saying to myself and really asking myself, were there things that I would ever be uncomfortable sharing or divulging, right? And so the first thing I had to do was make a commitment to myself that I would always own my narrative. So the first thing I did was I came up with the fact, yes, I'm a former sex worker, right? Yes, I have dealt with uh, and navigated sobriety in the past, right? Yes, all of these things, right? And so owning that narrative and making sure that I told my own story before someone else had an opportunity to create a narrative about me, 
you heard it from me first, right? But also following that up with uh, the fact that I came from community and that I've done community work. So for me, uh, if you are someone who is trans uh, or non-binary or gender non-conforming and you want to be involved in politics, uh, if you're running as, for instance, a community organizer, are you truly in community, right? Are you truly doing work in community? Because that needs to be uh, your that needs to be your resume, right? That's what you're going to be running on. So you need to make sure that those things check out, right? If you're running as a business person, has your have your businesses been successful? Have they been equitable, right? Do you have good business practices, right? Um, you know, so whatever it is that you're running on, making sure uh, making sure that you know, those things align both personally and professionally. Um, are there other things, right, that you that you deal with that you are uncomfortable with people addressing? Like, do you know how to navigate a conversation where people continuously try to pivot back to your gender identity, right? If that bothers you, then you also need to be aware that there are things that you can do to take control of those narratives and, and reroute those conversations. Um, please, if you are running for office as a trans person, please, I, I beg you, do not lean on that I'm trans and everyone should feel sorry for me. Uh, I, my life has been horrible. No, a part of us being respected is that we are powerful people. And that, you know, it takes a lot of power and resilience to live our lives and that we are best suited to be in these positions because we live under extreme pressure and oppression every single day. And we still do great things. I was on a call with a candidate recently uh, and everything that I kept hearing was, it's been terrible. I face violence. It was this, and I'm just like, but what have you done? right? We have cis candidates out here. Their parents were on drugs. You know, they were out on the street. They've navigated extreme poverty, but they ran on what they have done, right? The uh, last thing that I'll say about running as a trans person, you have to walk into spaces like you belong there and you own it. Because if, if you walk into a space and people can sense your fear, they will eat you alive. Yes, yes. So now I'm hearing this, this powerful woman who seems to just be able to navigate very effortlessly do things, but we know people have their stuff. But I know that in the world we live in today, these men are not necessarily equipped to deal with a woman of your caliber. I'm just gonna <laughs> be. I'm just, you know what I mean? I'm gonna just keep it a beat. So can we talk, can we pivot a moment to something a little lighter because we've been kind of heavy. What yeah. is these dating streets giving, girl? What is it giving out here for the successful woman that is a politician? <laughs> I wish I could tell you, I haven't uh, dated in about four years. Um, okay. And I've been uh, celibate as well, so. Oh. Yeah. Um, okay. 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 
And so now is it that is it, what is your and I don't want to put to not to pry too deeply is the reason um, a personal reason I just don't want to do it right now because of what I've been through in my life or is it more you know you just ain't seeing it out here for you right now like well, I'm gonna just keep it real so and I had this conversation me and Milan actually had this conversation being engaged in sex work for for the amount of time that I was engaged I start to detest the touch of a man. Like, it makes me feel uncomfortable. I don't like it. You know, and there's a moment when I do want intimacy. And then five minutes later, it's like, I don't really like, like, you know what I mean? Because I've done it for so long for for survival. It's like, I don't want to, it doesn't bring me any type of pleasure. It's almost like I'm, (laughs) I'm working a job that I was burnt out on, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, but for me, you know, for so long, I was, I felt like I was just giving all of my value away. Um, and everything had a price tag and, you know, I, I felt worthless and empty and part of me building my, confidence in my self-esteem back up was knowing that I, I possessed something that someone else wanted that mm. I wouldn't give them. Mm. So for me, that's what I've done. But also I know that once I do, or if someone comes along that I know genuinely loves me and they show me that and they, uh, and they commit to loving me, um, then I'll open myself back up to that and it'll happen organically because I'll, I'll want that intimacy from them. Um, and it'll be a refreshing vibe and feeling and connection that I've never felt before. I've not found that yet. Um, and the last time I tried to connect with someone on that level, I mean, it, it was terrible. Uh, and it wasn't, it was not something that I ever want to experience again. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, when when the time is right, it'll happen. Um, I definitely think now because there, are, as you know, as we grow and we get you know more visibility, it gets a little more difficult. You know, we have these girls out here who are making it difficult for us to love and be loved, and you know, everybody wants to to. Uh, to put the terms or, or, or make other people come to terms with who they are and what it is that they enjoy um, rather than just, you know, enjoying the moment with the person. If it wasn't meant for public consumption, honey, it wasn't meant for public consumption. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we have those issues, um, but also we just have girls who are in the spotlight right now who are just not setting a good example for who we are as women. And so men are, are, are recreating uh, what they see. Uh, and, and, you know, I'm not ready to, to navigate those waters. Okay. Uh, well, I want to thank you for um, sharing that. That was really vulnerable. And I guess for, for me to come in as somebody who used to do sex work, I can definitely um, relate to how like being in that field, it makes you harden emotionally, 
where like that part of yourself, you kind of have to um, shut it down in order to in order to like do the job or get through the job or just navigate those type of men, men in that way. Uh, but I definitely want to say that something that I've had to learn is that like love and desire, like it's human and it's natural. And that for me, it's kind of been like my, my personal project and my personal responsibility to like nurture that loving and soft side of me so that when the right situation comes along that I'm, I'm nurtured that I can be open um, to the possibility of entertaining the right man uh, for me in that way. But I can definitely relate to how being in a sex work world, it makes you see everything transactionally. You have to build, have a show up about yourself because of all of the bad things that could um, happen. But I, I do believe that love can be a good thing. I do believe that there are men out there or partners out there for us that uh, can love us. But I, I think nobody teaches us as trans women how to, how to just nurture, how to nurture those parts of ourselves and kind of how to commit to just living life and being open to experiences. Um, that's, part, that's one of the reasons why I'm thankful for the relationship that I have with my trans mother because she, you know she's always in a new relationship, and she she just tells me that you just you just have to keep open and you just have to um, commit to living because you you just never know who you're going to meet. You never know what type of experience that you are going to have have with them. So I, I just say that to say to everybody under the sound of my voice that you as long as you commit to live and commit to being open to life. I think the right, and I know this for myself, I think the right person is going to come along and whatever experience that we're going to have, we're just, you know, we're just going to have it. And that you don't, you don't have to let your, your beginnings or your circumstances like shape what the rest of your life is going to look like. So I think, you know, one thing, and I even saw you post about this, like me learning how to, uh, the joy that comes from my platonic relationship with some of my friends is, is a, is a, is a, is a vessel for me getting to that place. Right. I can learn to really love because if I can learn how to love someone platonically and be satisfied emotionally from that, because that is filling my cup. Right. Then when the time is right for me to be with someone on a deeper level, right it'll be even much it will be much it'll be much better right because i have already learned how to connect with someone at the surface right as a friend you know as someone someone can depend on you know we can talk about uh, intimate issues right and, and really make a deeper connection so i have some uh some cis male friends that i have such deep platonic relationships with that are not sexual but just very, it's just a deep friendship, right? And so that brings me so much joy because when I look past that, I do see uh, the uh, uh, an opportunity, right? Or a possibility that there is someone out there that can replicate the feelings and the joy that that relationship brings me, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so I look forward to that. 
So I am going to test you. You are because you are again an exciting guest that we have on today. I want to test a quick new segment that I came up with on okay. you. It's called this or that. Okay. okay. <laughs> this or that. So, and you're going to catch on very quickly because of the way I'm going to word the questions. Shoe or bag? Oh, bag. Okay. Hair or outfit? Hair. Okay. Beach or city? Oh, city. Okay. R&B or Neo Soul? Oh, that was hard. hard. I know, but you got to pick. <laughs> uh, R&B. Okay. Cher or Madonna? Right. I'm going to go with Cher. Okay. Aretha or Patty? Oh, Aretha. Okay. And then Tina or Beyonce? Oh, Tina. Okay, yeah, okay. All right, yay. See, it was painless. (laughs) I wanted to add that in for a second just to bust it up and kind of give them a, because, you know, you. I feel like you can learn a a lot about a girl. I'm just like you. When you said shoe or bag, bag. (laughs) Bag me, honey. Yes. I already told y'all I'm a flat girl now, honey, so I got that. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, honey. <laughs> Bags be appreciating value, you know. Yes. Okay. Well, all right. I wanted to ask that question. Now, I, I finally want to ask, and my last question for you this evening will be um, a question about, I like to do reflective questions for the end. Mm-hmm. So if you could write a letter or have a, no, I'll say, if you could have a two minute conversation with your young trans self, I'm talking about the girl right at right in the beginning of her burgeoning, blossoming self, and she's wide-eyed and bushy-tailed, and she's got choices ahead of her, she's got experiences that you know she's going to have. So with the benefit of hindsight, if you were given two minutes alone with her, what would you tell her? Hmm. Wow. Well, looking at where I am now in this moment, I'm so grateful. Uh, Even though it's been a really, 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 really hard, long road. But I would just probably tell her that I'm not going to give you any advice that may alter where you end up. Because I've seen the greatness but I will tell you that you have uh, an unwavering, unbreakable strength and that there are always going to be people around you that love and care about you. Uh, even when you're in your darkest moments, never give up. Uh, there's going to be people who break your heart, who let you down, uh, who break your trust. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, where you end up is a result of all of the experiences that you've had. So just keep on going. 
I know a lot of people, they, they, they say what they would say to their younger selves and they say, well, I would tell myself not to do this, but do this. And when I'm thinking about that question, it, I always say, if I would tell my younger self to change anything that I've done or a situation that I might be in, then there was a possibility that I wouldn't be here. Mm. And so I need to be here right now in this moment. And oftentimes I still wake up and I, and I told this to someone this morning that I was interviewing with, it's like, I still wake up and I ask myself, how did I get here? <laughs> Girl, how you got here? You Girl, I don't need, I can go to a restaurant and not have to worry about what's the price on the menu. Girl, I can go bond one of my sisters out of jail. I can, you know, I can help my girls with rent. I can do this. I can do that. I can walk into the mayor's office. I'm respected. How did I get here? How did I get here? Right? Because just 10 short years ago, I was in a totally different place. Amen. Totally different place. And it just it just shows you that, you know, if you make a commitment to to want to do more, to want to be better, and you really commit and you work hard and you never give up, there are places that you can go. Whether it's voluntary for the other side or involuntary, you will get there. And so for me, you know, I always just ask myself and I'm always so deeply grateful and humble because I'm so thankful that I'm in this place and I always want to show love and I'm so proud of the things that are happening here in my city. So that's when, when you came, Brand, I'm so happy to be able to show you what it is that I love and what is it that keeps me going and the beauty and, and the energy in my city that, that, that makes it the beautiful place that it is. And so, you know, me being on the New Orleans City Council will continue to expand these experiences, will continue to grow, right? Not only for the betterment of the trans community, but for New Orleans as a whole, right? Yeah. And so, yeah. Thank you. It's been amazing, sis. I'm going to pass it to you. So I guess my last question is, since yours was backward looking, mine's is forward looking. Where do you see yourself in 10 years or what do, what do you want to be doing in t 10 years from now? And the, we, don't give us a job because we, we got to we have to learn how to. It's a famous quote. I do not dream of labor. But in 10 years, what, what, do, what does Mariah want to be doing? How do you envision your life? Well, to be honest, um, well, I'll be leaving Fashion Week, honey, be, and then be back, be on the jet back home. You'll <laughs> <laughs> be leaving Paris, honey, on the way back to the States. Um, you know, I, we work hard and we always talk about work, but we never talk about, uh, and we often feel the shame of wanting to do nice, luxurious things, but I love it. And I, I, I want to be on a jet um, with, with, with all my sisters and friends 
on my way back to the States because we done fooled out in Paris, honey, uh, and clowned. Um, so yeah, there we go. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Today, um, for our listeners out there, we have had a woman who has overcome many things in her life, but she has kept an indomitable spirit. She has kept an excitement and a verve for life. And more importantly, she has a heart for service. She's come here today to share her wisdom, her love, her light, and that beautiful smile. And we're so happy to have had you. The lovely, the amazing Mariah Moore has been with us this evening. Let's just really fast give her a round of applause because you know you're our first celebrity and all that jazz. And also, I want to say thank you for everyone, all of our supporters and our listeners, those of us, th those of you that are listening now on SoundCloud, on Spotify, on YouTube, on all of our different social media platforms. We thank you for our patrons on Patreon. We love you and we thank you for all of your love and support. I also am pleased, pleased to give the prayer report that Chris Patterson of the... Um, um, I'm about to say the wrong podcast because we just interviewed the other guy. What's his podcast? Men Like Us. Of the Men Like Us podcast, he is a patron now. Shout out to you, man. That was cool when I saw you come through there. We thank you again for everyone that is under the sound of my voice, for all of your support, and you pardon our progress as we grow and evolve into something bigger and better every time. This has been another episode of Box Number 512 Podcast, Grown Black Trans Woman Talk. I'm, I'm one of your co-hosts, The Lioness. And I am AR. See y'all next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Fox Number 5's podcast, Grown Black Trans Women Talk. And don't forget to become a patron on the Box Number 512 Patreon page, where we have all new exclusive content. And also, don't forget to follow us on our social media, on our Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook pages. And also, become a subscriber on our YouTube page. Until next time, bye. bye.